all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C. and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. That's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And wow, you know, um, we're talking now about uh, immigration and what seems to be trending right now is, is a lot of things we didn't know about before, which is that Mayorkas is underhanded. And well, we knew that, but underhanded in Panama. And what he's doing in Panama. And there's, it's almost like an operation. This isn't just, we knew it though. I mean, this is something we knew that they're using the open border for uh, motor voter election rigging, uh, where the illegals get registered, they disappear into the uh, United States. And their ballots get created and sent to a specific location where ballot harvesters pick them up and fill them out illegally and drop them off in the tens of thousands. And the ballot harvesters are paid mules by the DNC, by the Democrats. And when you have an enforcement arm, it's sort of like the cartels. When the cartels had their police force this is called MS-13 or something like that. So MS-13 out of El Salvador would come in and they would work with the cartels and they would spread themselves out throughout America and they would be sort of like the Chinese police stations that are all over the place. You know, basically your own, you know, sort of like the Godfather, right? The Godfather, you know, when uh, in, in the opening scene of The Godfather 1, where the caretaker or the mortician um, talks about his daughter being re- disrespected and wants justice. He wants murder. You know, he wants to kill the whack this guy that raped her, his daughter. But, you know, um, so they say, you didn't come to me. You went to the, because you didn't want to be in my debt. Well, I mean, MS-13 is working because these people want to get paid 
just like ISIS rebels, you know, were paid to uh, guard the oil pipelines and and distribution channels for the oil so that the uh, black market wheelers and dealers, oligarchs and politicians could run oil out of Iraq into Europe and into Africa. The only problem with Africa is you had Libya, Gaddafi, and you had Mubarak in Egypt, sort of like in the way, acting like as toll collectors. Hey, you're going to have to pay me a ransom in order to send this through. And they just said, well, we're going to kill you. And they did. They killed Gaddafi, and they overthrew Mubarak and replaced him with a Muslim Brotherhood guy. Muslim Brotherhood wanted to get in on the action, and it was going to be real profitable for these these groups. You know, and this is something that Obama did. This is something that people like Lindsey Graham are involved with, and John McCain was involved with it, and a whole host of others. Amy Klomachar, who knows? And the laundering is very complex. And one deal pays for another deal. If you give me this deal, I'll give you that deal. It's something that's done in Washington all the time. It's done on K Street all the time. It's done legally all the time with lobbyists on K Street. But you can go on. But these things are being done systematically. And one of the places we owned was Panama. You know, we had control of Panama, and Carter sold it off for a dollar. <laughs> and uh, we've lost control of Panama. Now, um, though, Mayorkas is using Columbia, Panama as sort of like a staging ground in the jungle. And if you've seen Sound of Freedom, a lot of that sex trafficking takes place right down there. And Sound of Freedom is based on eyewitness accounts. So you have different pockets and different systems that are basically not not part of what the media can tell you. Because if the media tried to go down there, they'd be shot. No one wants this reported. And the same thing was true with the uh, Ill, you know the shenanigans going on with you know these ISIS mercenaries. They were basically doing the dirty deed of corporate profits for oil because who's going to run Saddam Hussein's oil? Now, so the politicians got involved and said, well, we're going to go ahead and pay these ISIS rebels, call them mercenaries, to guard these oil pipelines and wells and all that and work on the distribution through Syria, which involved a conflict with Russia and Turkey, which involved an alliance with El, uh, El, uh, Erdogan. And Erdogan uh, and Biden uh, and Obama were best friends. And I remember Obama saying one time, that one of the five leaders he respects the most in this world was Erdogan. A corrupt thug that runs Turkey into the ground. So it's crazy. But that's exactly the kind of thing that's happening. Is these cartels are getting rich off of this systematic 
arm of the government. And the only reason why our government is participating in this shady, corrupt, drug-running, sex trafficking, human trafficking operation is because they're getting paid, the politicians that are supporting this are getting paid by corporations who profit from the cheap labor that's also coming through. It's called slave labor. And they work in the middle of the night. We heard that one speaker talk about how they 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 get an ID so that they get paid taxes and the corporations pay the taxes, the sales tax, or not the sales tax, the employment tax. And they pay this employment tax, but because the employment tax is illegal, it can't go in the traditional way because it's ill-begotten t- employment tax. It's They're not citizens. So it goes into another kind of fund that the powers that be use as a slush fund for who knows what. And someone needs to look into that corruption as well. But, you know, the ISIS would just behead the journalists. Down in South America, they they just shoot them in the head. So you're never going to cover that story. And not only that, but you're not going to want to cover it because it, it would hurt you financially because the media is being paid off by the corporations through ad dollars who benefit from the slave labor of this whole entire system. So long as I get my slave labor, my cheap labor that I could profit from, I don't care what you do with those little girls and the sex trafficking or the little boys or the, I don't care about the drugs that are infiltrating our country and killing, killing off our, our youth. They don't care about any of that. They don't. They don't care. Just like this climate where they literally come up with a scheme that says we're going to actually attack agriculture because we care about our food supply. It's going to be how how in the world do you square that circle and how do you get away with that without any debate? Oh, yes. Science. Trust the science. Meanwhile, you got two places, one in Atlanta College and uh, some place out in California where they're making you wear masks again. And it's just insane. And I have a comment. I have some commentary. I have a lot of audio today, so we're going to get started with the audio quicker, sooner than later. And I will tell you, we can't comply. You cannot comply. We're at war. And we are to comply with your enemy. To comply with your enemy is a mistake. It's a mistake. You know, it's sort of like if I walked in the boxing ring and I wanted to, you know, box, I would love it if the guy would just not punch me back. Can I just punch you and you don't punch me back? I I think I could win that way. Right? I mean, having somebody just sit there and listen or having somebody not pull any low punches or get into dirty politics or whatever is great for me if I, if I got something to hide. 
These globalists have a lot to hide. It's all corrupt. Everything about it is corrupt. The world right now that we live in is upside down. And it's being turned inside out. We don't even know who we are as a country or as a people. And we we have a lot of audio clips. I've just queued up our show. And now I'm going to get to the audio clips that sort of prove it out. And I want you to hear these things because they're very, very important. But I'm glad you, you're you're able to put your head into that space that's that that you know is good for seeing it through my lens. Before we do that, though, Biden was out in Hawaii making a fool of himself again. He went out to Hawaii. He practically was staggering on the stage. I thought he was drunk, but uh, here he is. But we have a little sense, Jill and I. What it's like to lose a home. Really? You're going to compare your kitchen fire that lasted 20 minutes? Your kitchen fire that lasted 20 minutes? How many, umpteen years ago or 20, 30 years ago? To the catastrophe in Maui? Why don't you just skip that story and talk about how you can go about helping them better than you help Ukraine? $700 per person is not enough, number one. And number two, it's America first, dummy. It's not anything else. I mean, it's not Ukraine. This Ukraine laundering scheme you have going on just because somebody told you to do it because if you didn't pay them off, they would spill the beans on your corrupt son and you and your schemes. But... I digress. Let's proceed. Years ago, now 15 years ago, I was in Washington doing Meet the Press. It was a sunny Sunday. And lightning struck at home on a little lake. It's outside of our home, not a lake, a big pond. And hit a wire and came up underneath our home. God, he sounds drunk. Into the heating ducts, the air conditioning ducts. Yeah. Make a long story short. People. 81 million votes. Almost lost my wife, my 67 Corvette, (laughs) and my cat. But all kidding aside, I watched the firefighters, the way they responded. You know, there's an old expression. I grew up right across the street from a fire hall in Claymont, Delaware. And the expression is, God made man... Then he made a few firefighters. You're all crazy, thank God. The only people who run into flames to help other people. And they ran into flames to save my wife and save my family. Not a joke. The smoke and the firefighters here can tell you sometimes smoke is so thick from the windows out, it was that thick inside the home. And we were... We were insured. We did not have any problem. But being out of our home for a better part of a year was difficult. I can only imagine what it's like to lose your home. Talk is cheap. According to a 2004 Associated Press report, it was a small fire contained to the kitchen that was put out in under 20 minutes. 
it took the firefighters to put it out. 20 minutes. He's such a liar. That's all you can say. I'm going to run through a couple of memes. These memes. World War Three: The Silent War. Do not comply. World War One and Two. Drop the bombs. Right? And there's a plane in this meme dropping bombs on people. World War Three, they're dropping bacteria, you know, bioweapons and and syringes, uh, which are the deadly vaccines. So do not comply. We're at World War Three, and most of us don't even know it, but we are in a war for our survival. This is not politics anymore. This is this is more than that. This is a actual like smash mouth kind of deal. So prepare accordingly. Do not comply. Pfizer profits are down 98%. Moderna profits are down 93%. The new pandemic, here we come. And they're going to be pushing it, not only for the 2024 election rigging, that they need the mail-in votes, but they're going to push it to control and suppress and occupy your space, push you around, bully you, psyop you, and they're going to want to vax you because the same people that are behind this, and never forget this, the same people that are behind all of this want a depopulate or part of a depopulation scheme. Every single one of them advocates for depopulation. And they want to control your food, your speech, your money, your your mobility, your energy. And they cause inflation every step of the way to steal. Inflation is nothing more than or less than theft from the middle class working taxpayer to fulfill their agenda. It pays for their agenda. And you're paying for their agendas. Whatever they are, you're paying for them. These vaccines are not free. So the money that the pharmaceuticals got, Pfizer and Moderna, and they sit on stage with Klaus Schwab and they set forth an agenda that's being carried out by the Klaus Schwab young uh, world economic leaders, globalists of the future, and they penetrate the cabinets. It's systematic, and they're on the inside and they're on the outside. It's like we have a bunch of our people working in the police force, so... You can commit the crimes and nothing's going to get done. Breaking news. Fox News reports California Governor Gavin Newsom is the a globalist and a radical libtard is the first governor to say Donald Trump is not eligible for future presidential elections and has asked the California State Assembly to pass a bill that will remove Trump's name on any future ballots. 
How does a monster like that get away with that? How's that his job to do that? Why is that so important to Gavin Newsom? I mean, Trump can't win in California anyway, although if you talk to Paul Preston or something like that, more than likely he did win. Do you know that more Make America Great Again hats were sold out of California than any other state? How's that? We know what's going on in California. They've been they've perfected election rigging. We've got to get back to paper ballots, voter ID. I don't know what these judges are thinking in dismissing voter ID. It's just, except the Constitution doesn't really require it, uh, and they're constitutionally bound, so there's a connection there. But, all right, check this out. It, what they're doing in Hawaii is just one example, but these 15-minute cities and what these globalists are about Let's take a listen to this. Designing these new little mini cities that they call districts, where your building is going to have 500 or 600 units for living, then it's going to have office space, then it's going to have retail, all in the same building. Meanwhile, it's only going to have a few parking spaces. They're literally putting huge signs in the streets, and they all look exactly the same, and it says City of Toronto rezoning, and they are all... Now, listen to that, though. They're doing the no parking availability on purpose to coerce you and ruin your life and basically make your life miserable and make it almost impossible for you to have a car. Yet they want you to move into these cities by burning your land or confiscating your land in one way or another or buying up all the land or deeming a land, swamp land or deeming a land... Um, a national park zone. But they're doing all that, and they want you to get into these cities, but they're chasing people out with these rules and regulations as well, plus the high crimes and misdemeanors. But let's continue. All identical. You'll see a building that was there previously getting torn down, and you're going to see what they call a mixed-use development. And it has residences on top, office buildings and retail in the middle and the bottom, and then almost no infrastructure for parking. There's not even enough parking for the people living there. You're supposed to live upstairs, work somewhere in the building, go to the gym or your Starbucks or your grocery store, everything in the building. So basically, you're living on lockdown your entire life, just like they wanted you. Remember with COVID when you were on lockdown and they said you couldn't go more than five kilometers away from your house? Well, if you don't have a car, guess what? You're never going to go more than five kilometers away from your house. And that's what the 15-minute city is designed to do. Yeah, if you you don't have a car, you're, you're not going far, right? Unless you get a horse and buggy, and then they'll ban that. Yeah, that's bad for the roads. Inhumane to the horses. Too much too much horse, horse flesh lunch. Uh, for the environment. It's worse than an exhaust system. And they're crazy. Democrats are turning the U.S. into a third world country. New York City has received over 90,000 illegal migrants. The Democrat sanctuary city is out of resources for the mostly all-male, military age, uneducated, unskilled, and ungrateful illegals that are just raping women in the streets. They're not from Mexico. They're not from Central America. Who are these people? In this video that I'm looking at, they're they're from Africa. They're just like basically one step from being 
tribal killers, terrorists. But here they are. You know, Ilhan Omar is happy. But of course, you know, she married her brother and she supported terrorism against Israel. So, go figure. Who are these people? Who are they loyal to? Why are they all military-age males? Look at this footage. I don't see a lot of females. I don't see a lot of Mexicans. I don't see a lot of Central Americans. If they're at the Mexican border, why is it that there's no Mexicans there? Who are... Right? I mean, these are all not one Mexican. They're all from Africa. (laughs) It's crazy. And here's Joe Biden in 2007, I think it was. Listen to this about fencing. I voted for a fence. I voted, like, unlike most Democrats, some of you won't like it. I voted for 700-mile fence. Let me tell you something, folks. People are driving across that border with tons, tons, hear me, tons of everything from byproducts for methamphetamine to cocaine to heroin. It's all coming up through corrupt Mexico. I voted for a fence. So that was, you know, 2006. That's when it was. Senator Biden supports 700 miles of border wall fence because tons of methamphetamines, cocaine, and heroin are all coming through the corrupt Mexico. President Biden sells the border wall amid the worst illegal immigration, and drug overdose crisis in American history. So, you know, the guy is just nothing but a liar. So here's more bad news. U.S. is funding illegal immigrant camps in Panama City. Or not Panama City. That's a nice place to go out in Florida, off the coast of Georgia, um, off the border of Georgia, um, near the Panhandle. But that's not what I meant to say. U.S. is funding illegal immigrant camps in Panama. Chip Roy, Andy Biggs, questioned Mayorkas on taxpayer funds going to migrant camps outside the U.S. Of course, they're your taxpayer dollars to boot. It's it's scary, right? I mean, you know, this uh, story... Uh, is quite important. Um, I'm going to play an audio clip here in just a second. But they they get into it, right? Because that's what's happening. And um, I want to take, I want you to hear this. You want to talk about a real tragedy. It's right here in the canal zone of Panama City. This whole facility used to be controlled by the U.S. government. It was a military base to protect the Panama Canal. Jimmy Carter gave it away, and now it's basically been taken over by the United Nations and NGOs. One of those right here, OIM, Organization of International Migration. They're the same organization that were handing out condoms and birth control to illegal aliens before they came over the Darien Gap into Panama. Rather than saying, stop, don't do it, they said, here's some condoms, here's some birth control for when you get raped on the way. That's how disgusting these organizations are. They pretend to be good, And all they're doing is feeding on human misery. And this entire facility here, almost every single building here now is either United Nations operation. You've got UNICEF on the other side of this building. You've got the UNHCR. 
Now they have two buildings. That's the refugee side of the United Nations. They've got two buildings because they've had to expand. They got too big for this. And on top of that, you even have the Clinton Foundation out here. These organizations need to be defunded and they need to be investigated for trafficking. They are part of what the cartel's doing. You can't just blame the cartel. These organizations have to come down to not another dime of taxpayer dollars to go to the United Nations, and in particular, not to OIM. While they're sitting here living in luxury, they're inviting people to put their lives at risk, to put their children's lives at risk, to illegally travel out of their country and head to the United States to break into our country. Dear Kamala Harris, this is the root cause. The leftist, godless, globalist organizations that you support. Absolutely. Um, yep, that's what's going on. Let's take a listen to this guy from Venezuela. Well, he seems to know what he's talking about. It's a guy from Venezuela. Great interview. Tell us where are you from and what's going on in your country. Okay, uh, as you can see... English is my first, my second language. I'm from Venezuela, so I speak Spanish. And um, I escaped from my country because the tyranny that we had already there. And you know what? I discovered my country was used as a experiment for what is happening globally right now. This is like a deja vu for me. It's like living all over again 21 years ago. You understand? Yes. So, so I, I say sometimes to people that I'm coming from the future, and I, I, I like like I am warning people for what can happen. This is really dangerous. This is not a game. This is dangerous. So you believe that socialism, communism is just around the No doubt about it. A hundred percent. It is right now. Yeah. You can see it. You can smell it. You can see even people who are denying about this, in denial, they feeling it. They're like, mm, what is going on over here? So, yeah. God, I love that guy's voice. <laughs> you can do it. <laughs> I love it. Uh, um, anyway, let's take a listen. I love listening to young people uh, talk. Um, this girl, a black girl, is talking about how she's proud to be what Ron DeSantis called her, a listless vessel. Let's take a listen. I find it hilarious that Ron DeSantis, a politician with no opinions of his own, calls Trump supporters listless vessels. Am I a listless vessel for believing that our economy was stronger under President Trump? Am I a listless vessel for believing that President Trump is being politically prosecuted? Am I a listless vessel for having supporting President Trump ever? I live in Florida, and it's a shame that Ron is running around Iowa and New Hampshire when the people of my state, my family included, voted for him to represent us, not give Lincoln dinner speeches in New Hampshire and kiss babies in Iowa. Come back home, Ron. There's a lot of work to do here in Florida. Inflation is twice the national average, there's the property insurance crisis, and you have unconstitutional red flag laws on the books. I get that Ron is desperate, I get that his campaign is flopping harder than New Coke in the 80s, but it's low to attack the proud supporters of President Trump, much like millions of Trump supporters proudly called themselves deplorables after Hillary said it first. I am proud to call myself a listless vessel. You, Ron, you're something a little different. You're a sinking anchor. Oh, 
She should be a political advisor for DeSantis. I think she's giving him good advice. Come back home. Don't get into a losing situation called quicksand and ruin your political future and aspirations for the White House because you're never going to make it this year. And that's the thing. I mean, think about it. He's listening to people like Paul Ryan, one of the biggest globalist scumbags on the planet. And he, Paul Ryan is running Fox News into the ground. He and Carl Rove together, you know, have this uh, opinion that's not loved by just about anybody. He, they're, they're always going to be hated by the radical left. And they're never going to be loved by the, the majority of the conservative movement today. Which, I mean, Ronna McDaniel... She's she's in power only because it's a rigged RNC, GOP, the way they vote people into contention. Because, uh, you know, uh, Trump's attorney who was running against her uh, had so much more uh, to offer. Um, but uh, she claims she's going to retire after this. But, you know, we got the McRhinos, man. You know, McDonald, McCarthy... And McDaniel, they're all just, they're all just wolves in sheep's clothing. They're all sellouts to corporate dollars and not proponents of America first. All right, let's take a listen. Kelowna destined to be Canada's first 15 minute city, smart city. There are no coincidences Folks, we are under full-blown attack by the globalist psychopaths. We are at war. DEWs are their weapons. Okay, let's take a listen. So I'm curious, is there a point where things become too coincidental to be considered a coincidence? So first we had the fires in Maui. And regardless of what you believe was the cause of those fires... One thing that has come out is that Maui is set to be the first smart island. Well, now we have fires burning in Kelowna. And what do we see here? Kelowna was Canada's first 5G smart city. The smart city was installed in 2020. And since then, they've been working hard on smart, intelligent initiatives. And now we've got the city of Kelowna saying that actually they're not only a smart city, but they want to move from a smart city to an intelligent city. And here you can see they say, while smart cities focus on technology to improve the way that cities operate, an intelligent city is a municipality that focuses on finding collaborative and innovative solutions to complex and shared community problems, often with the aid of technology. So what are the odds that we have two fires in two places within a week's time? And both of these places have initiatives to become smart, intelligent cities governed and ran by AI. It is literally the implementation of 15-minute cities, Agenda 2030, the Great Reset, whatever you want to call it. Now, another one of these pesky coincidences is that Kelowna as you can see here, has said they have an answer to speed up housing, get humans out of the way. 
they are utilizing Microsoft AI to approve new housing and new construction. How convenient if everything is burned down and you want to build and construct an intelligent city, you now use Microsoft AI instead of humans to approve any new builds. So since 2022, Kelowna has been working in partnership with Microsoft on developing an AI chatbot that can receive applications for construction and renovations, analyze, and decide if they can issue permits within three minutes, it says. Now, where else have we seen somewhere that was just ravaged by fire also working with Microsoft AI? Yep, Lahaina. They're using Microsoft AI solutions to evaluate the fire damage. So, you know, at risk of sounding like a conspiracy theorist, what are the odds that two cities have damaging fires within a week of each other, both set to be smart, intelligent cities, both utilizing Microsoft's AI? Is this the burn back better plan? Burn back better plan. Uh, it's a new phrase. Crazy. We got one more uh, person on the street kind of deal um, here, and let's take a listen. We've got a big week ahead of us, Georgia. Knees on throats. Keep applying that pressure to Brian Kemp, Brad Raffensperger, Chris Carr. Um, every lawmaker in the state should be disavowing Fannie Willis and what she's trying to do in Fulton County. They need to sign the petition for a three-fifths to get rid of Dominion voting, go back to paper ballots, same day voting. Um, if that doesn't happen, remove funding for the Fulton DA's office. And on Friday, we have our beloved President Trump um, appearing in Fulton County for the indictment, for which I will be there, and I hope all of you will too. Have a great week. Trump 2024. Yeah, um, they need to get serious about uh, Fannie Willis and what's going on down there. All right, something big is happening today. And in, in, uh, everything's going to change today. Uh, there is a BRICS summit. Let's take a listen to this real quick. Right here. This moment. A BRICS currency could shake the dollar's dominance. The oh, de-dollarization. In, in 24 hours, Putin and China will change everything. Yes, tomorrow, a BRICS lightning bolt will shock the Western hegemony that's been ruling the world for decades. The Western media is totally ignoring the story, by the way, because they don't want to admit what's about to happen. Goldman Sachs, though, understands it, and they believe that by the year 2050, the BRICS nations will dominate the global economy. So on Tuesday, yes, tomorrow, the BRICS summit officially kicks off in South Africa. This is the first face-to-face -face BRICS summit since the start of COVID, and we are about to witness a rebalancing of the world order. The agenda items at this summit are massive. The currency, yes, a new currency, trade, military cooperation, AI, microchips, oil, all of it, infrastructure, rail lines, shipping. This is a big, big deal. And the United States, I guess, didn't get an invitation. The British didn't get an invitation. Germany isn't welcome. Is the game over for the Western hegemony? Well, the writing is on the wall. Now, for those of you that don't know, BRICS stands for Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa. And it started out 
small over a decade ago, and now it's become the greatest threat to Western power that we've ever seen. And I'm not talking about military power here, which we'll get to in a second. I'm actually talking about economic power, oil power, computer power, trade power, the greatest weapons of all, not those bombs. Now, the top of the agenda is the United States dollar, squarely in the crosshairs. Here's how Foreign Policy magazine headlines this moment. A BRICS currency could shake the dollar's dominance. The de-dollarization moment might finally be here. Really? Is it true? After all, talk of getting rid of the U.S. dollar as a reserve currency goes back to the 1960s. Here's the New York Times. In 1968, talking about France, trying to separate itself from the U.S. dollar. Yes, French President Charles de Gaulle versus Lyndon Johnson. That's how old this is. That's how far back this goes. This isn't new at all. But now we are at a tipping point. Brazil's president, Lula da Silva, says that every night he asks himself why all of these countries have to base their trade on the U.S. dollar. Can you imagine every night before going to bed, that's the thought that you have? That way he does. Well, now they don't. A gold-backed currency that stands as the backbone of a new BRICS currency is being rolled out in earnest. Brazil, Russia, China, India, South Africa, trading oil, computer chips, minerals, and settling those transactions in a reserve currency that has nothing to do with the U.S. dollar. All of the previous meetings of these BRICS nations have been leading up to this moment in South Africa. BRICS countries are home to more than 3.2 billion people, around 40% of the global population. None of the bloc's members is in the G7, the group of seven advanced economies. To increase its influence, BRICS is considering bringing new members into the fold. Just look at the trade between the BRICS nations. There's a massive financial surplus. The BRICS nations have a trade surplus. Brazil just hit a record trade. Well, well, we've talked about this part uh, for a long time. Uh, we've been talking about this for over a year. Uh, where BRICS is going to be the slave labor, the manufacturing to the G7 innovators. Um, G7 will innovate, and you know we're overeducated, we're latte drinking, uh, we don't want to work for less than $20 an hour, um, and so we're basically paper pushers. We don't, and, and we're, we're using the Paris Agreement and climate, climate regulations to prevent us from manufacturing. It's a understood agreement through the Paris Agreement that BRICS nations naturally would be the manufacturers of the innovations that are produced in the, the West, in the G7. So you got G7 who innovates and creates patents, and they then use BRICS nations as the manufacturing supply chain through the Belt and Road Initiative and through um, the Paris Agreement they have a monopoly on that. That is your new world order. One of the problematic dynamics, though, that's in the gray area is the currency. And if they back their currency with gold, they're going to have an advantage over the dollar. And once our dollar becomes less than the standard um, and starts to fall from grace, uh, we are done as a country. Uh that's just all there is to it. Take a listen to this. Dolphins quarterback, Tua Tagovala, loves the film Sound of Freedom. So he basically, the media asked him what movies he likes. Sound of Freedom's good. Um, yeah, 
Sound of Freedom is definitely really good. You guys should should watch that, especially you guys with kids. That's sound. Yeah. And he was saying that to the media. They didn't even like to hear that. It's almost like it's almost like uh, Oliver, uh, the the Oliver guy that's singing uh, "Rich Men North of Richmond." Um, basically. <laughs> The the left hates that song, right? It's 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 sold it's sold four or it's had fourteen million downloads so far. Here's bad news: six Obama ad administration officials used alias emails Obama, Hillary, Holder, Lynch, Jackson, and Biden. So Latisha Jackson, um, uh, Loretta Jack, no Loretta Lynch. Uh, not sure who the Jackson is, Biden, Holder, Hillary, and Obama, all the scumbags of the earth. Um, basically, I guess it was Sheila Jackson. Um, all used aliases. These are all really corrupt individuals, every one of them. They sold out America. They hate America um, for all kinds of weird reasons. And they all used aliases. That's not, that's not done. That's something that's not done. So six Obama, you know, like when you take a listen to that, it's like whether connected to a government network or not, it is unusual for government officials to use an email alias. Not only is it peculiar, it raises questions about why Obama administration officials utilized aliases and whether government secrets were compromised. So is Lisa Jackson. Lisa Jackson, not Sheila. Okay, so below is a list of six officials. Sheila Jackson, Loretta Lynch, Eric Holder, Barack Obama. Well, you know, all your favorite buddies, right? Joe Biden, (laughs) scumbag. Hillary Clinton, um, you know, and probably more. Now, what's weird is with these aliases, one had uh, one of the aliases Biden was using was beware. So I wonder if that was used to coerce just by its own use. Um, he used a bunch of aliases. And with the matter of Ukraine, Hunter was CC'd on those messages, which is really interesting in and of itself because you know they uh they were talking about that and uh basically uh Maria Bartiroma asked Comer about the aliases and how unusual it is uh, to Comer over the weekend before we get to any new audio clips though I'm going to uh to read this off Miranda Devine writes and this curious fact Hunter was involved in the Trump impeachment over Ukraine. In the summer of 2019, he tells an advisor he has an all-day meeting with impeachment lawyers. About five years, he still has not been interviewed by Weiss. Okay. So, Biden was, Hunter Biden was involved with the impeachment trial of Donald Trump? Think about that. Well, I want to take a listen to um, I want to take a listen to uh, Stephen Miller 
And we're going to go ahead and play this Stephen Miller clip here and with the limited time we have, but let's take a listen. Well, we've entered a dark new era in American history in which the prosecutor's office has been weaponized and been transformed into an instrument of political repression. And anybody thinking this stops here, anybody thinking that, well, this will be it, and then the Democrats will move on, the radical left will move on, is living in a delusion. They are living in an absolute fantasy. If you can get away with having a local prosecutor or main justice take over a presidential election, throw innocent people in jail for decades potentially, you can prosecute and incarcerate Republican attorneys for the crime, the thought crime of providing legal counsel with which the prosecutor disagrees. There's no limiting principle here. It will be open legal season on Republicans. And the only way this ends, and I hate to say it, but it's true, is if Republicans return lawfare in kind. That is the only way you could ever create the political conditions for a ceasefire. Otherwise, one side gets pulverized and it keeps getting pulverized. And you think that the House Republicans should start making uh, criminal referrals to the Department of Justice. Is that right? Yes, I think you have to take a hard look at both the Russia hoax conspiracy, all of these things, the Russia hoax conspiracy, the open borders criminal and cartel conspiracy, the suppression of First Amendment speech conspiracy, the deprivation of civil rights by the Biden administration and local prosecutors, and on down through the list, and of course Joe Biden and the RICO conspiracy involving him and his children. And you take all of that and you begin crafting criminal referrals to the Department of Justice, which can then be taken up in 2025 under an honest DOJ. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, it's incredible to me that so she she has uh, two people on there. I'm going to play this other clip from Stephen Miller. Stephen Miller is one of my favorite advisors, thinkers, lawyers. He's so smart. But let's take a listen. No. Well, to take your first question, clearly the strategy from all of the left-wing prosecutors going after Donald Trump is to try to collapse all of these cases into a time frame around the election to take Donald Trump off the campaign trail but at the same time to make it impossible for him to mount an effective defense because he's in so many courtrooms in close succession during a campaign with insufficient time to perform discovery, to get documents, to review those documents, to interview witnesses, and to put on, again, a full defense. So that's clearly all part of the effort to deny him his rights under the Constitution of the United States. Then you flip over to Joe Biden, in which this sweetheart deal with Hunter that recently fell apart was clearly crafted by the Department of Justice for the purpose of shielding Joe Biden from criminal culpability. In other words, the reason why they cut off all investigative avenues and tried to immunize Hunter with relation to his foreign business dealings with his father, so both all avenues to his father and then not prosecuting Hunter for the same, is because it would mean criminal liability for Joe Biden. If the Department of Justice actually wanted to get to the bottom of this vast criminal conspiracy involving Joe Biden, they would say to Hunter, your only way out of these charges is to provide full, complete, and an unredacted testimony about your father, Joe Biden, and his role as, quote, the big guy. But they're doing the opposite of that. So, again, it's going to be incumbent upon the House to send criminal referrals to the Department of Justice on all of these matters involving all the individuals who are involved and who are complicit so that the future Department of Justice can pick these issues up and at the same time, where appropriate, also send referrals, as the House can do, 
to local prosecutors where they have jurisdiction as well. And to make clear, to make clear that we are not going to have a justice system in this country where the political left is immunized for any crime, while the political right is framed and incarcerated for crimes they did not commit. That is yeah. untenable. It will be the beginning of the end of American democracy if that state of affairs persists. Well, is there RNC doing enough? You just heard my conversation with Ronna McDaniel. The Michigan Freedom Caucus is defending these Trump electors. They're facing decades in prison for opposing uh, the, the voter fraud. It's, it's horrifying, bone-chilling to watch how good and decent Americans are facing decades in prison away from their loved ones, their children, their parents, their wow. family, just because they had a different view of the election, just because they had a different view about election integrity, because they wanted to have a more secure counting of the vote. Is right. that really, really, really where we are in this country? And I would say that I, I would just hope that at every level of the Republican Party, now my organization is nonpartisan, but I would hope as someone who cares about the First Amendment, that at yeah. every level of the Republican Party, okay. money is being raised to support the legal defenses of those who are being wrongly persecuted. Because mm. that is the only way there's even a chance of their legal rights being ultimately vindicated here as these things go up and down the full appellate process. Because there's very likely to be no justice at the first phase of the trial. So these okay. things could go on for years and cost millions of dollars per defendant. And so I hope that that is what, gonna, that is, what is going to take place ultimately. All right. What a state of affairs. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> so this is where we are in America. Uh, but we have to uh, stay vigilant. Um, tomorrow we're going to be playing, uh, some of Comer's, te uh, uh, commentary about the aliases and some other things. And then we're going to also play this globalist video that, uh, or audio that we want to share with you as well. It just, it, it really paints the picture. Um, but what's, what is going on in our country is that we're being overtaken by globalism. One of the things I want to mention really strongly is with this debate coming up, um, one of the things you have to realize is if they don't ever mention the words globalism, then you know that we have a problem. And I never hear the mainstream media ever talk about globalism. And I, I suspect that Vivek Ramaswamy is going to bring that up because... He's been harmed by it, by the World Economic Forum trying to leech onto him and some other things. So I have a feeling he's going to bring it up. But for the most part, the media doesn't want to talk about globalism because it involves BlackRock, all the companies that BlackRock owns, and all the money that's involved, and the corrupt politicians that have already received money from it. The hypocrisy would be just so profound. Well, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. Be sure to check out magapack.org. Find out how we're advancing America First policies to make America great again. Also, make a donation, if you can, to keep this show commercial-free. And use Red State over at MyPillow.com. And we'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>